This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's good, everybody? MVSP, Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy here. Great day. Finally done with the school year, Brandon. Almost. Almost. I'm done. You got one more thing to work on once we get out of the podcast, but the end is in sight. My exams all got slammed at the end of exam week pretty rough which is but tough we're we're surviving we got one we got one finish today and we are pretty we much are in the almost clear done. summer is in sight yes that's sir. a good thing but we've got a jam-packed show for you get a little bit of a small fair state sports board just so you're in yeah, the know sports, wi- sports winding down not yeah, a whole we lot know, to talk we about know. we're not making we're making sure that all of you bulldog fans are in the know but we are going deep into this nfl draft round one that happened last night we're even going to have an extra voice on the show travis hicks will be joining us here momentarily to discuss that but without further ado into the fair state sports report of course of course soccer is playing today in the gliac tournament semifinals they beat saginaw valley on tuesday afternoon 3-0 light work you know how it is yep gonna be playing grand valley today i think i just said that already but uh, looking forward to it. Grand Valley beat Michigan Tech 6-3 to get to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So some may say that's, that they're worried about it, but Ferris does have the best offense in the GLIAC right now. True. And Grand Valley let in three goals against a not very good offensive team. Also true. So I'm looking forward to that. And our defense is just insane. True. So some can say, hey, the 6-3 is scary because you know Grand Valley can score, but when they're fa- they haven't faced a defense like ours yet. They don't know what we're like. I mean, we don't know what they're like yet either because they canceled on us like three times already. But true, people can say they're scared. But I like the situation right now. They're playing at noon, so I'm gonna go probably once we're done editing the podcast today, uh, just to go check it out for a little bit. But nonetheless, pretty excited for that. Yeah, I would sure be going to the game if I didn't have exams. But yeah. it's whatever. It is what it is. Um, but blame I, it on I, your blame it on your professors. I won't do that because I, I mean I I could have definitely gotten more ahead of or more done ahead of time than I probably should have. But at the end of the day, it's 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 a you're 50- gonna get you're gonna get done anyway. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm literally almost done, but I'm just I just want to get it out of the way, get it yeah, done. Regardless. But I'll certainly be following the game regardless. But it'll just be exciting just to play against GV. We. Yeah, have it struck anchor out bone. twice. So, anchor um, bone, anchor down. Yeah, we just have to stop their momentum. That's really what Grand Valley is good at: is getting momentum, getting on a roll, getting ball or getting shots in the back of the net. So, yeah. I think that's something that we can definitely be watching. Um, really going to be exciting to see how um, our Bulldog team plays because I know they are they're they're red hot still. I mean, they played fantastic against Saginaw by what I've heard and seen. Yep. So, gonna be gonna be a great matchup. I mean, the semifinals on deck could be. It's, a, ho- it's hosted by us. The rest of the tournament. Is. So yeah, if, oh, home, if home we field, move on, Joe, if we move on, knock on wood. I have um, a lot of confidence. I'm just saying. I do home also field, have confidence. Home field advantage today, definitely going to be solid. I mean, don't have to go anywhere, especially like I don't think a lot. Of, I mean, it's it's known by a lot of people in the sports world, but like people who don't realize it, like being able to like, I guess for like the girls on the team and stuff, like being able to like sleep in your own bed, not having to go to like the hotel and kind of waking up from that is a huge advantage when it comes to playing because, like, you just get to that point. You're just, like, you being in a comfortable and, like, I was going to, I was going to, yeah, familiar. Okay, I couldn't think of the mm. word. 
the a familiar position and a familiar place really helps when you come into a, like a high pressure game and a high pressure situation where like you're still playing against a very solid Grand Valley team and you come into it home home field advantage. You were able to sleep in your own bed last night, able to kind of like just have your normal routine not disrupted at all and especially to have that for the finals too is going to be a big thing that i think is going to really play a big factor into it so i'm definitely looking forward to it yeah and i think softball same thing they're at home so they'll have yeah. they'll have that comfort of playing on the new turf so um they're going to be playing wisconsin parkside at two o'clock and four o'clock so you can check that out if you finished up your exams and you're maybe heading out for the summer you can go and drive by see what the score is and see what's happening um it could be a good game um i believe we beat them last time we faced off earlier in yeah the year. we beat them 16 to 2 in five innings. That's pretty good. And then the second game was postponed. We were, I think, 6 6. Yes. So, so hey, the last, we've had success high scoring, the past. high scoring games against them. So, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, going to be fun. Uh, track will be at Grand Valley both tonight and tomorrow. So, you can check out the Bulldog track team uh, and see results on the line as well. I know there's limited amount of ticket sales for. What, for everything that's going on with the um, the GLIAC um, attendance rules and whatever. But you can yeah. check it out online for sure. Oh, times will be posted there for, for sure. Um, softball will also be in action tomorrow. Um, they're going to be taking on Purdue Northwest at home. Um, I believe at 1 and 3. 1 and 3? Yes. Yes, correct. I nailed it. Um, and then... On point today, Brady. If... Ferris wins in women's soccer, they will then go back and play Sunday, May 2nd. I believe it would be here since I believe be it's to the higher seed. And it's against either Northern or Ashland. So two teams that Ooh, we had sneaky. pretty tough games against. Northern is the only one that we haven't yeah. beat. We tied against we tied against we, them and then we beat Ashland. But Ashland is like the, the top seed yeah. outside of us. So. Outside of us. It's so. going to be a good matchup nonetheless if we move on. So I think it's going to be super exciting. Um, I know we obviously got lots of competitions coming up. I know um, golf. Um, Elena Eldred for the women's side qualified to make it to the regional. So she'll be competing individually. I believe that starts on Tuesday with regionals I believe. Yes. I think so. Yes. Um, and yes, then yes, so, yes. 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 Yes, yes. Um, and then softball obviously will be continuing in action. I believe um, pretty much um, all golf will be going on next week at the regionals. They're in different spots, which is kind of interesting. Weird, but yeah, I know I get it, but kind of just weird. But yeah. um, there will be plenty of actions for sure. And then um, championships will start next week um, for track, golf, soccer, and others. I believe basically every spring sport starts next week or for championships champ- at least. I believe so. Or soccer the next week? Um, I think either, most of them... Either I, way. Yeah, softball or soccer might be the next week because uh, it's like a week longer than the other ones. Sure, sure. So I know like the fifth is when like golf and all that stuff is. Yes. Yeah, so, so stay tuned for the, the the championship schedule when we get closer. We'll obviously inform you on what's going on mm-hmm. because, of course, that is what we are here to do on the Ferris State Sports Report. But when we come back, a huge discussion on what went right and what went wrong in round one of the NFL draft. Stay tuned. Now moving into the NFL draft round one recap. And as we are joined by fellow Mikes and Takes co-host Travis Hicks. Travis, welcome on, man. 
Hey, thank you guys for having me. I've been listening to the podcast you guys have been doing weekly. You guys have been doing great stuff, and I'm excited to get in this recap with you. For excited sure. to have you here, Travis. Yeah, we haven't yeah. we haven't seen you in person for, boy, it seems like a long time back when we had the collabs going with you guys at Mics and Takes, which you can check those also out on Spotify. Those are still up, right, Travis? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Still on Spotify. And yes, I miss seeing you guys in person. I'm hoping, like we were talking about before the show, hoping in the fall to be back on uh, campus to um, see you guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. In-person collab. Doom, doom. Insert exciting eye emoji. Yeah, been a minute. (laughs) Intrigue, intrigue. There we go. But moving right in on the round one picks. I'll be honest, guys. Like, first two picks were pretty obvious. Like, no surprises there. There were some ones that definitely caught me at least a little bit off guard. They make sense, but they definitely caught me a little bit off guard. Joe, what are your thoughts overall on how round one progressed? There's a couple people who I thought were going to drop pretty far, and then they got picked like pretty high like in the in the teens that mm-hmm. I thought they were going to get picked like in the mid-20s. But, I mean, we're not the GMs, so like the, they know what they need, and like they have, like the I guess, the eyes, so we'll see what happens for them. But there's a lot of guys who I didn't think would were were fitting the needs for some of these player for some of these teams, and they'd pick them. And I'm just like, well, we'll see. I don't know if that's going to be the best thing for you. You could have picked this person or whatever. But either way, I think that's what I love about the draft. Though it's like you can never really tell until the season starts, and it'll just come down to that when like all these play all these teams are going to have to like figure out like if they made the right choice. Yeah, I th- I think that was definitely something that you could tell was happening in this draft is there was a lot of um, players based off of best available rather than need at some points. I mean, there were some obviously where um, they, they would have taken the best player available at their, at their need spot, but there were some teams that kind of threw a wrench in the plans. I, I think Jacksonville um, at 25 was definitely one of those teams taking a running back despite having James Robinson as one notable example. Um, Travis, what were your overall thoughts on round one? I thought it was very interesting, and you both make amazing points. I thought like there were a lot of things we obviously expected to happen that did, and we got a few shocks. And I think with every draft that you guys can probably attest to as well, the first four picks, in a way, are kind of expected. Then after that, trades started happening. Obviously, we saw the Bears and uh, Dolphins. They made um, moves. So like it was very um, interesting to me. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with our pick, but I know we'll get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll yeah. certainly get into the Lions pick at yeah, seven. Really. But uh, overall, this is how the, the round, the beginning progressed. Um, yes, Jacksonville did take the quarterback from Clemson that they should have all along. So no surprises there with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jets today do take Zach Wilson, despite there was a, a weird rumor going around about maybe Justin Fields, that, who was number two on Mel Kuyper's big board. Still go with Zach Wilson. I think, it's, I think it was pretty much set in stone to the point where Jets have went to all yes, their one. went to all of his pro days with through all of his tape, talked to him multiple times, interviewed him hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious he was gonna be the guy. The 49ers was really where the draft started and boy this is where it got interesting. No, it was not Mac Jones, it was Trey Lance and everything now um, makes a little bit more sense because I think a lot of people would have been pretty confused, more shocked that they would have been able they would they would have given up future first round assets to go get a guy like Mac Jones at three when in reality they probably would have and according to how the draft played out last night could Mm -hmm. have eventually got him at 12 but I mean you got to admit the upside of Trey Lance is just absolutely through the roof definitely and I mean they like 
the guys from like the smaller I mean North Dakota State is not a small college by any means but it's like definitely not on like the radar of a lot of teams they mm-hmm. are number one in like the FCS like every single like year yeah and I mean that's that's where Carson Wentz came out of like yeah. it's it's notable it's, 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 a, notable, FCS yeah, it's a notable school but I mean Jimmy Garoppolo went to what Eastern Illinois so definitely another mm-hmm. small school so I think like they have those on their radar and I was like surprised at first but then I was like you know not terrible like it's a good pick because I think he can really add a lot to them because he's a definitely a very he can spread out the field. He's a solid quarterback. And when Jimmy Garoppolo's time is up, and especially when Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured, which is going to be inevitable, mm-hmm. I think this is he's definitely going to be a solid backup for him. And I think he's going to really get into the position fast, and he'll be able to like produce pretty quickly and efficiently like for being a rookie. And I think he can get really get in there quick. Yeah, I think the now the hall makes sense. Sorry, Travis, to cut you off. Uh, I was oh, just going to say um, the, the hall now makes sense because – the potential level for Trey Lance is higher than some of those picks where Mac Jones really doesn't have that yeah. huge ceiling to where you're going to now be, all right, we're going to give up some of our future first-round picks for this guy where he was kind of more of a, a plug-and-chug, which will be interesting now where he goes. But um, is was this the right move for 49ers, Travis? Should they have taken Trey Lance, or was Mac Jones at Justin Fields a more viable option? I think this was a perfect pick, and the reason why, I think Justin Fields doesn't really fit in this West Coast offense. I'm going to explain why. Justin Fields is more like a Russell Wilson type, and I think his upside is amazing. So he's more out of the pocket and scrambling. Jimmy G and Trey Lance actually have a few similarities. Not saying Trey Lance doesn't scramble, but I think this is going to make Jimmy G play even harder. Because you got to think, guys, this was a team that went to the Super Bowl just two seasons ago, you know, back in um, 2020. So I think... Um, this is a perfect pick. I love how he's underrated. He had no FBS offers. You know, I found out last night watching the draft. I think his upside is going to be good. And him watching Jimmy G, because Jimmy G is only going to be 29, so he's not even that old either. And Trey Lance is only 20. He's one of the youngest quarterbacks ever drafted. So I think his potential is through the roof. And he got drafted in the perfect situation. They were mainly hurt last year, obviously, through the pandemic year, the 49ers with injuries. I think this year you can expect them to make a run in the NFC, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance, because you have so many weapons on the offensive side with Kittle. We also got Debo and all and all the um, other guys. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I do think this was uh, the right pick. Yeah, I think it's also good because it gives them some more competition. Because who's their mm-hmm. backup right now? Uh, C.J. Beathard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It'll Ins- give insert weird or um any backup quarterback in the NFL name here. Basically, I think Garoppolo has like yeah. eased into the spot of just being the starter, and he doesn't have like a lot of competition to that point where he's like. He has to really have a strive and have a hunger to be, like, the number one guy. And now that they have Trey Lance, it'll be more competition for him. And it'll be good because, one, Trey Lance has someone that's good to learn behind. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who learned behind Tom Brady, the best to ever do it, really. Mm -hmm. And you can have Trey Lance learn from that. And then now you have – it's a win-win, really. It's got a lot of upside potential because you have Jimmy Garoppolo can – or sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo who can teach him, but also Jimmy Garoppolo who needs to work harder because, you know, Trey, like you said, he didn't have any FBS offers. So, you know, Trey Lance is no stranger to working hard mm-hmm. and to really proving himself. So I think this is a really good pick for them. I didn't think it was going to be at, st- at the start, but then when I started thinking about it, I was like, this could really play out well for him. Yeah, there was a, the smokescreen for Mac Jones really was kind of like, you could tell it was there, but you were like... Is it really? Like, because there was so much buzz around the NFL. Like, yeah, we legitimately think, like, it's Mac Jones. And 
apparently some of the executives also got smoke screened because they honestly had no idea this was going to happen and a lot of teams might have um, fumbled a little bit as far as their draft plans are concerned I get it because it's a football pun um, yeah you know you know it's bad we have to point it out um, but I, th- I, I mean I, I really like this pick because um, it's pretty obvious that um, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the situation where He's not sure of his future in San Fran, and San Fran's obviously looking at the future with Trey Lance. It's obviously he's not going to be a day-one starter, as we just mentioned. He's going to be spending some time behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, if you would have gotten Mac Jones, you would be, you'd now be in the situation where you're basically forced to deal your hand of what can we get for Jimmy Garoppolo at that point because Mac Jones would be a guy that would be expected to play immediately rather than Trey Lance, who right. needs a little bit more grooming but still has a huge, absolutely huge ceiling. He has might have one of the highest ceilings in this draft. Um, up there with with Trevor Lawrence for sure, but that that one was I think the first surprise. Um, the next picked after the Falcons with Pitts, I think was a little bit less expected. They might have been able to say mm, maybe a quarterback, maybe, but at the end of the day, they go with the consensus pick of Kyle Pitts. I mean, it makes sense. They need like a, I was saying they were gonna maybe take a defensive player because they need like that help, especially because mm-hmm. their offense was able to produce. And their offense kept them in a lot of games. It's just their defense, like, was absolutely atrocious last year. What were they, ranked 31st or something? They were last, basically. Pretty much. So I thought they were going to really work on fixing what needed to be fixed. But Kyle Pitts is a solid pickup, I think, anyways. I just didn't know if that fitted the immediate need for them. But But nonetheless, like I said, he's good, just didn't fit the immediate need. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Joe. I think, well, for me, I think Kyle Pitts is not a bad pickup because they, they do need some tight end play, but I do think maybe Justin Fields could have been picked right there just because you don't know how much longer Matt Ryan has. And since that 2017 Super Bowl, he has nightmares about Tom Brady. That's not a proven fact, but it's just a theory I have. But um, I just, think, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was a decent pick. They could have did something else, but I, I do kind of get it because you already have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So really, I think they should have got a defensive player because like the defense is really what the problem is. Because last year when you see their games, they're high school scoring in a lot they're just losing games because the defense is blowing it so i think it was a decent pick and i, I gotta agree with you i think they could do a little bit better yeah sam darnold seeing ghosts and matt ryan with 28 to 3 the nightmares of every <laughs> every nfl quarterback are still yeah. there but um no oh, I, I, love I i do i do like the um the having justin fields um i mean the 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 chemistry as far as geographical location is there i mean he's from georgia that's where he watched the draft last night i believe at his parents house um but i think uh one of the things that was really the key part of when they hired arthur smith in the offseason is what an incredible job he did revitalizing the career of Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, who really is kind of in a similar situation where Matt well Matt Ryan's a lot more was a lot more successful and still is compared to what um, Ryan Tannehill was after pretty much leaving the whole dumpster fire of the Dolphins at the time that were really had no identity whatsoever. They didn't know what they were doing. And when they the Tennessee ends up going to Ryan Tannehill um, from Marcus Mariota and under the tutelage of Arthur Smith, they turned that offense into a legitimate force. Yeah, some of 
of it was with Derrick Henry, obviously. Derrick Henry makes any team better. But sure. at the end of the day, he still became a very, very good quarterback and a lot better than he was. So I think that would definitely be a reason why they elected not to go into that quarterback spot. Um, at the number four spot, they certainly could have, and I think it might not have been a terrible idea. Some executives still believe they should have. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to, by hiring Arthur Smith, the plan was in place, hey, we're, we know what you did with Tannehill. Let's do that with Matt Ryan in this offense. Let's turn it up. We'll work on the defense in the next six rounds of the draft, which they pretty much should at this point. They really need all defense the rest of the way. But, I mean, there's still plenty of depth in this draft. There's still plenty of players on the board. But um, into the fifth pick, Cincinnati taking Jamar Chase, taking Joe Burrow's former teammate to pair up with him in Cincinnati and not electing to take a tackle. Joe, is this a bad move? I... I think it's a great pick, to be honest, mainly because you have a good amount of offensive lineman players on the free agency list. And also, if he's there, you have a guy who already has the chemistry with uh, Joe Burrow. He has a national championship with him, so you know that they can work well together when it comes down to it. it. It didn't fit a need, per se, but I think it just fit a hole that should have been filled, I guess. I don't know if that's the right analogy to use, especially since you can get what you need off the off the free free agency market. Jeez, can't talk. It's early. It's like nine sixteen. You can get it off the free agency market. They could have gone with a with a tackle and got filled that need of a better O line, but not a terrible pick, but not a bad pick. Good, not great. Yeah, Travis, your thoughts. Actually, Joe, I got to say, Joe and Brandon, this was, to me, a top three pick in the entire first round. I oh, think this was wow, one of the best wow. picks. And the reason, I know this is a hot take, but the reason why is because of the chemistry they had in college. When you look back at that um, 2020 National Championship game when LSU won with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, this is his guy. This is his right-hand man, and this is what he needs. He needs weapons to throw to because, obviously, A.J. Green not um, being there, and obviously they don't really have the weapons on the offensive side. I know he needs to be protected, and I believe they will get him protection, but he's going to need someone to throw to because Joe Burrow's upside is amazing. What better than his former running mate in college? So I think Jamar Chase is top two wide receiver in this entire draft. I know we got obviously Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, but Jamar Chase is amazing. His resume speaks for itself, so I really, really like this pick because I think the chemistry that they had at LSU is going to carry over in the NFL, and they're both young, so this is an opportunity to at least be together for at least seven to ten years, you know, or maybe even longer. Yeah, I, I okay, this is what I think on the, the matter. The Jamar Chase pick, great. I, honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I think a lot of people are, um, they like the pick because obviously a flashy receiver with his former teammate, all the points exactly to what we just said. Like, this is a perfect chemistry fit. And now basically you're receiving core set. You have Tyler Boyd, you have T. Higgins, and now you have Jamar Chase. You're basically set in the receiver department. You have weapons now. Um, tight end you might need a little bit of assistance with, but I mean, I believe they, I believe, didn't they sign like Dan Arnold or something like that? I don't remember who their starting tight end is, but um, I'll have to check that out later. But basically, really, Joe Burrow has all the weapons now in the pass game that he needs. Really. Like, not, I mean, obviously you can add more, but um, this definitely fills the need of now you have. You have Jamar Chase. You have um, T. Higgins that can really tear tear the outside of the sideline to sideline. And then you also have Tyler Boyd, who's one of the best route runners. So now you really have all the field to throw to. Now, there is a 
a part of where it's like, would you take the risk there now? And I know a lot of fans, not necessarily just Bengals fans, but football fans, I know this is probably my idea. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, where the pick to me is a little bit gutting because, frankly, I don't want to see Joe Burrow's career get wasted by injury due to a little bit of deficiency on the offensive line and seeing basically what we had last year happen again because really with I mean with ACLs with concussions it could be one and knock you out forever so that's the only reason I'm a little skeptical but I mean it's, it's still it's still I wouldn't call it a um, a full game game winning slam dunk but I would definitely say it's a very solid double in baseball yeah. terms. To be honest, I think yeah. the I th- sorry Travis uh, to cut you off, oh, but <laughs> I think the uh, um, when they like unveiled their unis and they had like uh, Joe Brother, I think a wake up call came when like you could see the scar on his knee because I think so many people got like tunnel vision, just like seeing him come back and be like, okay, like he'll be back, like he'll be fine. And for me at least, I was just like, I thought that I was just like he'll be back, like he'll be able to, like kind of like it's a well it's a terrible welcome to the NFL moment, you know, like yeah. one of those things. But like when you see that, it's like, wow, like I like actually seeing that it's like, can he come back? Like if that happens right. again, like, will he be able to like work through that? Like, is he going to be over? Like, is a great football talent going to be wasted if, because they don't get their quarterback protection? And I think that's one thing that like, if I saw, I know other people saw it, and I know that the Bengals saw it and I know that they are working to fill that, fill that gap. But Yamar Chase, with a, it's a good pick, but just like it just makes you think, like, when are they going to fill the gap? Are they going to fill it this year? Are they going to fill it next year? When is it actually going to be a main priority for them? Because you don't want to waste a Joe Burrow-type talent, which really only comes like once once in every decade, once in every 20 years. I'm happy you both said that because you both make good points. And there's still we still have a lot of draft left. We have this entire weekend. So I believe that they can make a few more moves with the picks that they have to get the offense um, tackles that they they need to protect Joe Burrow. But the main thing is he needs he's going to need these weapons because before the injury, Joe Burrow was top 10 in passing yards as a rookie last year. And he led all rookies in pretty much every category before his injury. So the upside for Joe Burrow is amazing. And when you talk about the ACL injury, Joe Burrow's 24 going on 25 so since he is young he's going to make a full recovery and be back up to speed and maybe be even better than what he was before i think if he was older like maybe in his like later 30s then that could be obviously everyone's body is different but i think the fact that they're getting him more weapons is going to be key and joe burrow's also mobile so he can get away from tackles which is a benefit and that's something that you need in nowadays nowadays in football because when you look at josh allen lamar jackson russell wilson even aaron Rodgers still has wheels a little bit too so i think that's what's going to separate him from the rest but i do overall agree with your guys point about the offensive tackle needing to be there yeah and i mean really the the board has worked out really well for them um because obviously um round two starting tonight um they're gonna have the i believe they they're picking at five again i don't believe they i don't think they gave up their pick but um basically there's tevin jenkins is still on is the top tackle still on the board who is regarded as going to be a top 20 pick in this year's draft he's still on the board right now um so if jacksonville or new york decide and i believe new york probably won't take a tackle one they have mckay becton and they just got elijah vera tucker so they're pretty much set on the offensive line for now yeah so realistically if you get by like 
on the next two picks, you're going to have somebody like Tevin Jenkins, um, Leon Eichenberg, Dylan Randuns from North Dakota State, Samuel Cosme, Walker Little are still all on the board, and even Michigan man Jalen Mayfield, if they really want, if they really want a winner um, from Michigan. So I think there is complete possibility. I think the board has worked out for them, and if this is how it was planned, I mean, really. It's it's a slam dunk because you you not only fulfill Joe um, Joe Burrow's needs, but you also fill the organization needs by keeping him healthy. So it'll all work out. But um, into this, uh, the next couple picks, I know number seven is the one we'll talk about really quick. Number six, uh, Dolphins Jalen Waddle. I think this is pretty expected just because Dolphins need weapons for Tua. Um, Jamar Chase wasn't there, so then they decided to go Jalen Waddle. And I think a lot of people were like, why didn't they go Sewell? But in reality, they took an off they took Austin Jackson last year in the first round with their second mm-hmm. their second first round pick. And then they also had more in, later in the draft. Like they have depth. Like Jalen Waddle to me just it makes perfect sense. He's the speedster and the kick returner that you need to really provide a spark to this Dolphins offense. Yeah. And also having the chemistry of being from Alabama too is just gonna add to it because Having someone who Tua is used to seeing out there and it like knows already, like he doesn't have to take the time of like learning his mannerism, learning learning his habits on the field, like being able to just go out there and be able to kind of like play football like old times back in college. I think that's gonna be really good for them because like Miami, they had a little bit of depth, like you said, but adding him into it is good. And then I know a lot of people thought like. Yeah, like you said, Brandon, a lot of people thought they were going to take alignment or something like that to get a little bit of protection, a little bit of longevity for Tua. But I think they can survive another year without taking one, see what this year's like, and then maybe take another one next year. Mm-hmm. But as I say that, like something's going to happen to Tua, and they're going to be like, Tua's going to be out for the season just because like their alignment's not good but, or something like that. But hopefully this pick works out for them. I think it will. Yeah, I think this is another situation of just like Jamar Chase and LSU with, you know, obviously with Joe Burrow. I think Tua having that um, chemistry that you said, Joe, they're just only going to build on it. And Miami, you got to think, this team went 10 and 6 last year. I know Tua didn't, you know, partake in every single game because obviously they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, but them giving Tua the keys, they have opportunity to really dominate the AFC East now because I believe the more weapons they give Tua, Tua can play. I, I believe with Jalen Waddle, him being as great as he is, and we've seen it obviously with, with the kick returns in the season. He's head of Alabama being on, you know, obviously winning multiple national championships. I think uh, this is going to be a good pick for them. And the Dolphins are going to be a nice team for the future. You know, I think they're going to build on this 10 and 6 season with a guy like Jalen Waddle. He has, he gives me a lot of Devin Hester vibes. Um, not obviously as good as Devin Hester just yet. We got to see how his career turns out. But his speed and everything he can do on the field kind of reminds me of a Devin Hester. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he does, he plays special teams. And if you have Devin Hester comparisons on special teams, whoo. Expectations are yeah. through the roof. Yeah. But he certainly can be that guy when he's fully healthy. Because, I mean, I think a lot of us are remember the Jalen Waddle that was hobbling all over the field national championship. That's not the true Jalen Waddle. Watch the earlier year in the tape before the injury. You see that he could even have been a better wide receiver and Heisman candidate than Devontae Smith was at the end of the year. Pretty crazy to think about, but great pick for Miami, in my opinion. Um, this is where the fun starts. Our Detroit Lions at number seven end up taking. Panay Sewell from Oregon, the quoted generational tackle. Now, I know this is a 
not the pick that I know I necessarily was planning on having because I'm pretty. I was pretty much in my mind going into the draft that the Bengals were. Um, by what I had heard and what I had seen and kind of put together, I thought for sure they were going to take Swell. I knew at the back of my mind there was probably a good chance they were going to take Chase. But then I thought maybe the, the um, somebody was going to trade up to go get Swell beforehand, be- knowing that we would probably take him just based on the available need. Um, this move, I think, is a little questioned by Lions fans. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I have a little bit of mixed feelings, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm super stoked to have Swell in Detroit just because of, I mean, the dude is an absolute beast. I mean, he's, I believe he's measured in at pretty much 6'5 and a half, 6'6, 330 pounds, but the dude can move. His lateral quickness is fantastic. His overall power, and he's basically known as a mauler. He's going to get guys out of the way. A, f- a freak, basically. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute unit that can move. Like, he, they, Oregon used him a ton as far as with speed concepts. He was out there covering and blocking corners and safeties and backers on screens. Like, they use his lateral quickness for an advantage. So I like Suwell. I know Lions fans are probably a little bit iffy on this just because we didn't really have a full need for tackle as far as we had Crosby yeah. and then we also have um, Taylor Decker. So I think that is a little bit confusing. But what are your guys' thoughts? I was confused as well because I thought we were going to maybe take a quarterback, probably like Mac Jones or something, because of like the the Jared Goff situation where maybe we don't need him for the foot. Like once his contract is up, we're not going to re-sign him and like have someone learn behind him because he is a good quarterback. He's a Super Bowl quarterback who has a who can like really teach a lot of young guys like the ins and outs of the league and teach them a lot of stuff. But when they picked him, I said, okay, like okay, I don't get it, but I'll like we'll see because I wasn't. No one really talked about this happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, quarterback, really, or bust, like, for Detroit. Like, that's what all the talks were. And then when they picked him, I was like, mm, I don't know. It's all right. Not a great one. Like, Okay, not great. Travis? Not good, not great. I, I don't know what to say because I wasn't expecting it, really. Guys, I was very disappointed. <laughs> I all just, right. The Lions, every year. Don't get me wrong, Brandon and Joe, you guys both make good points. And it's, he can help, but... Sometimes you can't always draft necessarily what you need. You just need to draft the best player available. Because the Lions, we have had yet since Calvin Johnson retired to have a game changer, someone who can just take over a game. I love Stafford, but we really could have used Justin Fields or we could have got Devontae Smith. I think one of those two guys would have helped dramatically because if you want Jared Goff to be your lead guy, and he's only 26, so Jared Goff obviously has some years, and he went to the Super Bowl two years ago. If you want to draft Devontae Smith, we got to give him some weapons to throw to. We just lost. Obviously, we're probably going to lose Kenny Galladay. You know, Marvin Jones is on the outs. So we need weapons to throw to. So I just think we could have either got Devontae Smith or we could have got Justin Fields and he could have just sat behind Jared Goff. Then he could have um, grown into something uh, spectacular. Because I really believe both of those guys are generational talents that don't come around often. Because in my opinion, this draft overall is the best draft since 2017. I just think we could have did better. The Lions just... It's not a terrible pick, but I just don't really understand it because at times we just need to go for the best player because I really yeah. feel like we're going to regret, especially now we have to see Justin Fields twice a year. I think in the years coming, we're going to regret it. No, we're not seeing Justin Fields. We're seeing Andy Dalton. 
first because he's their QB1 Travis you're throwing the red rifle under the bus here (laughs) but anyway um, I really wish Barrett was here because I would love to hear I would love to hear the absolute enthusiasm he has for Detroit taking a big man especially Panay Sewell who was his favorite guy on the board probably number one on his big board he probably had Panay Sewell over Trevor Lawrence We'll we'll have to fact check that Barrett if you're listening Make sure to send us that big board picture to see if he really was above. But I'm glad you brought up the weapons part, Travis. And I know a lot of people that I've even talked to this morning that are saying, wait, why didn't we get weapons? That's our most immediate need. I will say this. The back end of this first round really faded out what a lot of people were going to say was a receiver-heavy first round at the end. A lot of people are saying, because there's plenty of guys that are still on the board. There is plenty of talent that is still available at the receiver position going into the second round. And I think that is going to be probably the number one target as far as where we're going to go in that second round. Now, if somebody like maybe um, Owusu Koromoa or maybe they want to go with Jabril Cox or Nick Bolton at the linebacker spot, which is another need that we have, or even maybe if um, somebody some they want to take another corner, I, I I don't really love that idea, but I could I I could dig it a little bit. But I mean, guys like Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall Jr., who played with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and really was the better of possession catchers out of the two, is still on the board. Rondale Moore, the five seven speedster out of Purdue, is still on the board. So there's plenty of targets we can still go after, and I know there's going to be guys that are going to be available in round three. The receiver, um, the receiver room this year just seemed really heavy at the top, but then when you kind of go down as far as four through probably nine they're really all similar to guys that you can find at 10 to 13 to now where the point is we have a a position to take a receiver at the top of this round so i think that's overall what they were thinking basically on the mind here's here's how i'll say it they are i'm assuming that what the lions were saying by what i heard what from um gm brad holmes is they saw swell on their big board as the best player available for what they wanted to do and I think it's really comes down to they wanted the top tackle in this draft and are willing to fall down that receiver ladder to three, four, five, um, or not three, four, five, five, six, seven, I should say, as far as receivers are concerned, and take the fifth to seventh best receiver rather than take a top receiver or number three receiver, in this case in Devontae Smith that you mentioned, Travis, and then go for the five six seventh best tackle which i think they overall saw the receiver spot as better depth and better for overall for the value so i do think we are going after a receiver in round two and i really do think that although we are going to be looking at a quarterback for the future i think this team just showed that they have more trust in jared goff than literally all of the fan base so i guess that's on their conscience to see how it works yeah. out or not the one thing i do want to add Brandon, you do make a good point. I'm not downing golf. I would just like Fields to like kind of back up because golf is good. This is a guy who did go to a Super Bowl two years ago, age 24. Sure, he yeah. lost because he, he went up against you know the goat. But he still like golf is good, and he also won a playoff game last year with a broken thumb. You know, in Seattle, the 12th man. That's a hard place to win. So very hard. Um, the, with the points after listening to what you just said, it can help. And hopefully, like you just said, with the second round, if we get some receivers around golf, we can do something next. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this wasn't a this wasn't a a strikeout. 
We didn't strike out. We 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 got a solid player. It's just not. It's just one of those. It's just one of those singles, doubles. It's not a home run. Like right. that's that's. It's not a flashy pick where everyone's like, what would it have been more probably more popular if we taken Devontae Smith? Sure, obviously everybody would love to have a star receiver, especially after losing Galladay. But I think with the overall value and what the rebuild is, I think that's the direction the lines are going. But it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in the later rounds. But into the the next picks. Um, very interesting. Um, the next pick, Carolina threw a curveball at me for sure. I thought for sure they were going to go tackle with Rashawn Slater. Go a different route. They take J.C. Horn off the board at corner, which then makes the Broncos take Patrick Sertain and foil the Cowboys' plans, which I thought was just great because, of course, everybody loves the Cowboys just seeming to <laughs> make crazy moves as they had to make a trade later on at 10 for the Eagles to get Devontae Smith and not swing and miss on the receiver position once again. But overall, guys, with the 8 through 9, as far as the corners are concerned, is Horn or Sertain the better fit for their team? That's a question, really. I, To be honest, I think both of them, like, they have solid, like, they have solid attributes, like, that either one, like, that makes them unique, you know? But it just was like, they both the teams needed them. It's just Patrick Sertain, I think, is more of a NFL-built cornerback mm-hmm. rather than J.C. Horn. So it'll kind of depend on like what goes down. Was uh, Von Miller a or is Von Miller a cornerback, right? Or what is what is he on defense? He's a linebacker. 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 I'm yeah. sorry, I for, totally forgot. <laughs> it's okay, I thought <laughs> I can't. It's like I said early today. <laughs> Just oh, finished so just finished finals week. You know how it is. Like I mentioned yesterday, Joe's had an eventful twenty four hours. Yeah. We we appreciate <laughs> him being here. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't know. I think that the better pick is Patrick Sertain, but it's kind of just like what the organization sees in the guys. Cause I think Carolina they might just think like I don't know what the I guess just because JC Horn's from South Carolina or like he's just in or near it. So like he'll kind of be like a hometown guy, but I don't know. For me, I, think, I actually think yeah. – I agree with your point, Joe, but I actually think it's not even close. I think Patrick Sertain, Sertain is way better than J.C. Horn. And the reason why, not only national championship, but that defense in Alabama was ranked top 10 and top 5 in the FBS all of his years there for, like, pass defense, rush defense, and a lot. So I just think his fit in Denver is going to be great because Denver really needs – defensive side of the ball especially obviously just trading for teddy bridgewater which i'm sure you guys have talked about before so they're just trying to really get the defensive part now because offensively they're growing you know you got melvin gordon and obviously other guys on that offense but i just think uh, patrick is going to change the culture of that defense honestly a little bit of a champ bailey comparison maybe because he played in denver i don't know but just throwing that out there i think patrick uh, certain is one of the guys that is a little bit slept on in this draft but he's going to definitely make an impact for sure mm-hmm. yeah and i think i would agree joe that patrick certain out of the cornerbacks available i think is the most polished is the right term he's the most nfl ready out of the three i think jc horn has a lot of potential though um he's he's an absolute dog when it comes to press coverage he's an absolutely phenomenal man-to-man coverage guy um but certain is one of those guys where he's he know he knows how to do everything he does it very efficiently and he knows the game of football to a very high level so i think both of those guys are very good corners and i'm not surprised that they went eight nine i would have been probably more expected them to go nine ten um but then obviously they threw a wrench in the cowboys plans which led them to having to trade to the eagles giving them Devonte smith is this the right fit for Devonte smith joe i think so honestly because like 
one reunited with Jalen Hurts. I know I saw I was reading an article I think where it said like even like before he was even, like even before he committed to Alabama like Jalen Hurts like reached out to him and was like yo you gotta come to Alabama like play for us like this is like a next like obviously a next level like uh, program and I think him going there already having the relationship with the quarterback and then playing with him and then being able to just kind of like have some sort of familiarity going into an unfamiliar situation as like with NFL and stuff and being able to learn from him uh, with a guy you're comfortable with is a really good situation um, but there's already like doubts like if his if his frame and if his build is good enough for the NFL yet like if he's I mean he's a, he's a small guy He's like what one seventy. He doesn't have a whole lot of muscle. He's his his frame is smaller, his, yeah. which is really the yeah, only knock is, he has on yeah. on his because we've seen we've seen in college like he's able to really tear defenses apart with his movement, and he he doesn't have any problem catching the ball. He doesn't have any problem getting open. It's just the right. jump from NFL to college is so drastic. It it just means that. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to put on muscle. That's what I'm saying. Is he can he can try to convince people that like you don't. I don't need to put on muscle. Like I'm good enough. Like it's not like that big a deal. But you definitely can tell that Philadelphia when he gets there. Where I I think when the season comes around and we see a comparison between the national championship Devontae Smith where he's just standing there and he just looks kind of he looks um and respectively he looks like a twig comparatively. I think <laughs> when it comes to like. A side-by-side picture of like the difference. I think he's definitely going to put on muscle, but I do like the pick because you have the familiarity with Jalen Hurts coming into an unfamiliar situation. I think they did a good job. It's going to work out for them. So you're saying he's a he's a kebab, not a drumstick. Yeah, <laughs> in chicken but he, terms. I think Philadelphia is going to turn him into a drumstick. Okay, I, I guess. He. This is a good pick. Uh, we're starting to see already early in the draft. A lot of these guys are rekindling relationships that they had in college. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurst and Devontae Smith. So I think Devontae Smith's frame, you know, he's built like me, and I'm obviously no NFL athlete, but uh, he needs <laughs> to, you know, put on some. I do think an interesting situation. Maybe. Oh. I think Devontae Smith's frame is similar to Kevin Durant's when he got drafted in 07. Kevin Durant benched 185 in 2007, but skill-wise, he was the most dominant player in the draft, and obviously he's still one of the top players in the world now. So I category receiver he's the most one of the most skilled and he can be the most skilled the body frame he's gonna have to like obviously put more muscle his speed is something we haven't seen i think he has something special about him where if these guys can't catch him it might not matter so i think his frame is similar to like what kevin durant was coming in when he first got in the nba skill wise they're great but it's like how are they gonna you know test with bigger guys that they're going against but Devontae smith i've sold him ever since the five tds in the national title game this guy has potential to be all-time great i believe yeah that's like a video game stat is like yeah that's crazy. I don't, yeah, and I don't think he's going to put on, like, a crazy amount of muscle. He's not going to come in like a meathead, but he's definitely going to put on, like, he's definitely going to put on, like, some weight and kind of, like, make it so that it's not going to hinder his abilities, but he's just going to put, he's just going to put on NFL weight, I think, is a good term for it. Yeah, I mean, he played, he played special teams in college. He played special teams at Alabama, and that's the one thing that I mentioned on the show yesterday is he's tough. He plays special teams. He's played in the best division or college division in football, and he's played on a team full of elite defenders and taking hits from them every day in practice. 
to me, I don't, and he hasn't gotten injured this year. So I think I don't see the full, the full um, freak out about the frame thing. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, yeah. But the pick, I think we need to, sp- or probably will end up spending the most time on. And I know, um, obviously, Travis mentioned this earlier. Um, the number eleven pick for the Giants traded to the Chicago Bears at eleven to select Justin Fields. Travis, I'll start with you. QB one. Is this mean QB one is Justin Fields and not Andy Dalton? Yes, I'm sorry. Even oh, Bears not here. I'm sorry. The Red Rifle has to sit down. Oh, Justin Fields, this snap. is his time. He is a tremendous quarterback. This was a guy I said earlier I wanted the Lions to get. I think he is a generational talent. Justin Fields is going to have a huge impact. And we've been talking about this for the past two years, guys, since we um started doing the shows together. The Chicago Bears are a quarterback away. They've had a Super Bowl defense the past three years, but offensively just can never get it done. I think Justin Fields is the answer. He might sit a few games behind Andy Dalton, but I think no longer than five. I think by game six, I'm calling it right now, game six of the 2021 season, Justin Fields will be the starter for the Bears. I think this is a tremendous trade. It's been run down. It is here. 9.42 a.m. on April 30th. By game six, Justin Fields will start for the Chicago Bears at quarterback over Andy Dalton. Boom. Printed. I I think this is going to be the guy to lead them. Andy Dalton's going to have a little bit of impact, but Justin Fields is going to be the main guy. And especially with Aaron Rodgers not wanting to be in Green Bay, this opportunity for the Bears to take over the division. Obviously, I hope they don't take over the Lions because we're Lions fans. But I'm just realistically, the Bears – you know, Justin Fields, this is a guy, I think a few more pieces on wide receiver and running back. The Bears can make some noise and potentially make the playoffs next season. Yeah, yeah definitely. I like I like this pick mainly because, like, I was I was skeptical because, like, Chicago's just been going through QBs. Like, they're just, like, uh, like it's just, like, buying, like, pet. It's I don't know the great analogy for it, but they're just kind of, like, tossing QBs out the window. Like, they, like, have them, like, I mean, what ex- Jim McMahon said, QBs come to die in Chicago. That's yeah. just the MO of what yeah. happens in They're Chicago. They're just like tossing him out just willy-nilly, I feel like, because like, they got Nick Foles, didn't work out. Mr. Bisky, obviously, terrible. Then it's like Andy Dalton they picked up, and it's like, okay, like he's good. I don't know how good he's going to do. And then it's like they pick up Justin Fields. So I'm just worried that it's just going to be a never-ending cycle of them trying to find the right QB, and I don't know if it's going to be like – if they're ever going to find it, really. Because, like, it, it puts, like, in fans' perspective, if you go through four quarterbacks within four years or whatever, it just yeah. is, like, what's the problem there that like that's not being fixed? Because you can't win a Super Bowl until that problem is fixed. Like you said, they're a quarterback away, Travis. So, like, what, you have to fix the problem first before you even think about contending because... <laughs> If you can't keep a quarterback or find a solid quarterback and keep him for more than three year, two three years, what's it gonna mean for when you have to like find new ones or when you want to build? Because a quarterback is like the one thing that you have to build around, really. Yeah. Or get assets to, and then it's like if you can't find a a consistent one, I don't know how you can really think for the future. And Joe, you make a tremendous point. I think. This is why they needed to do this. Because obviously, if you remember in 2017, when they chose Mitch Trubinsky, who shouldn't be in the NFL, he should be nope. in the CFL. But that's another conversation. They chose him over, you know, they could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Holmes. And there was a list of other guys in that draft. I think this time, 
they you know took a bet on one of the running quarterbacks and we see that dominating in the nfl the ravens have had success with lamar jackson bills and josh allen mahomes has wheels in russell wilson and a list of other guys i think that's why they're looking at justin fields as a dual threat mr Trubinsky in a way was that, but he can't. He couldn't really throw. Nick Foles was a pocket guy. So now I believe Justin Fields has an opportunity to make it um, this a great situation because that's really all they're missing. The Bears are in the most unique situation, I'll say, out of pretty much every team because they have the defense. A lot of these other teams who have drafted ahead of them, you know, they still need other parts that, that are still missing to, you know, finish the puzzle. The Bears literally are a few pieces away, and the main piece they're missing is a QB. But I do agree with you, Joe. I think in two or three years we can really have a better argument to see how Justin Fields progresses, but I do think this was the right pick at the moment. Yeah, and I think this this really puts into perspective the idea of um, the Bears um, needing a quarterback. I found a I heard of this stat the other day, and I can't quite confirm it. It was from it was from a professional uh, excuse me a professional source on CBS. I said as much as the crap that Trubisky has gotten. The funniest part about the Bears is they've had a better record with Mitchell Trubisky than the Texans have with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that is crazy. That shows you how good this Bears team was outside of the quarterback spot. They had everything with that defense going right, and now if I think this is a good move, and I think a lot of people are questioning the Andy Dalton move as far as the offseason. To me now, the pieces kind of fit the puzzle because that – that coaching staff in Chicago, if I remember correctly, has a connection with Andy Dalton. Like I believe there are some parts of that scheme that were made in Cincinnati. So if you're going to develop a quarterback, yeah, why not have a placeholder there that knows the exact system that team is trying to run? And I think that I think that lines up now as far as um, how exactly they were going throughout that because we all thought it was Andy Dalton or bust basically. But I think the Bears really had another move in mind. And really, Ryan Pace making this move it was bold, but it was definitely needed. It was 100% something they had to do. And I think it's a great move. I really, really, really hope they don't get the pressure to put Justin Fields in day one and potentially wreck his stock and his confidence. I hope that they give at least Andy Dalton some time to give him the tools, teach him a little bit, and be able to have him learn the game like far. Just because somebody sits out for a year doesn't mean they're going to be a bad quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, we know exactly that story worked out perfectly for Kansas City. So it is going to be pretty exciting. Um, Some of the next couple picks... um, Pretty pretty self-explanatory. The Cowboys go with the best defensive player on the board, take Micah Parsons at linebacker to yep. fill Sean Lee. Uh, Chargers get Rashawn Slater, the tackle at Northwestern. I think they're super doped about that because that's really the guy they've been eyeing for day one. There was rumor that Carolina was going to take him. They pass on him. Chargers get a Christmas gift. Um, Jets take Elijah <laughs> Vera Tucker via trade with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, really, they just need to build, really fill that offensive line, like I mentioned earlier, to protect Zach Wilson, give him the opportunities to find those weapons. Yeah. And be able to learn the game without getting mauled like Joe Burrow did. Um, But the next interesting pick, number 15. Oh, yes. All along. It just seems to make sense. Meant to be. Bill Belichick played everyone. Bill Belichick loves the the, uh, pudgy white quarterbacks. (laughs) <laughs> Loves them. And I got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> All right, go, go ahead, Travis. 
Thank you. I'm actually happy we went through the next few picks so we can get to 15. Guys, I know I've been going off from Bill Belichick because he did my man. Gilt Brady wrong, but this was a tremendous pick by Bill Belichick. This is his guy. Mac Jones has tremendous upside. If you guys heard, Tua, his former teammate, who we sat under for three years, said he has Tom Brady-like vibes. Like He, he has an IQ top to none. And for Mac Jones to sit three years under Jalen Hurts and Tua, then get his opportunity and go undefeated and win the national title in a pandemic here speaks, you know, is a testament to his resume. I think he is going to be the guy to lead New England. I think Mac Jones is going to have a tremendous career. I really have a lot of respect for this guy. He's the guy that Bill Belichick needs. He's a pocket. I think he's a system guy, Mac Jones. So I believe in a few years, New England can get back into the playoffs. If they get him the pieces around him, to kill Harry, if he can stay healthy and get a few other guys, because obviously Julian Edelman just retired, the Patriots got their guy for the foreseeable future, about at least the next 10 to 15 years, I believe. Yeah. I, I'd like to – I mean, I thought they were going to pay – I thought Mac Jones was like the perfect pick for New England anyways, like at the start because – He's basically like, Tom. He yeah, he, he, is, he really he is. is Tom. Like <laughs> it's pretty much side by side. Tom. It's it's the same thing. And when I I was a little bit skeptical because like they showed his pro day and he like overthrew it once and then like they cut to Bill, Bill Belichick, Belichick shaking his head. And like, it was just like mm. he played everybody. He just like shook his he head. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I think New England's lucky to have Mac Jones like drop that far because there's like a couple teams that like needed the quarterback. And I think they were probably like shaking in their boots when Chicago was up, and they like, and they saw. I mean, when they saw Justin Fields, they probably had the relief because like Chicago, if they picked a quarterback, like what, like how close were they to like teeter tottering between Mac Jones and Justin Fields? Like that's probably like one thing that I was wondering. But I like the pick though because like, like I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like just Bill Belichick and like those like I said white pudgy quarterbacks. It's just like. <laughs> It's the perfect fit because he can really work with it. It's a system there, and I don't think he had that with Cam Newton. I just don't know if, like, I just don't think Cam Newton fit that system well, mainly because, like, I don't know. I, I haven't really paid attention too much to Cam Newton, but it you definitely have to, like, let Bill Belichick do his thing, and you definitely have to, like, win him over, and I don't think Cam Newton won him over to, like, get to the point where he can have free reign, and it's just, like, I think Mac Jones now, since he's a rookie and he has something to prove, he's going to listen to Bill Belichick a lot more, and he's going to let, and unlike a lot of the quarterbacks who come in and, like, trading in, I think it's a better situation because, like, you have those guys who, like, know what they're doing, and they, like, might have a lot of habits that need to be broken, but Mac Jones now is, like, I'm a rookie, like, coming in with like the best quarterback of the modern era basically and sure. I need to like basically just listen to him or else I'm not going to be able to like do anything because I think it's a, just a better situation I explained Personal. it badly I explained it badly but I think I think you guys get the gist oh no Joe you're right because just to piggyback on what you were saying I think they re-signed Cam as like a security blanket because like you guys both said we didn't know if Mac Jones was going to even go we thought he could have gone third to the 49ers so there was really no telling what it was going to be like so I think and uh, Brandon, you made a great point. We were um, talking about uh, Justin Fields, how Andy Dalton will probably get the start for the first few games. I think it's going to be the same thing with Cam. We'll let Mac Jones get in the flow of offense. Then probably by maybe, I think probably before week 10, we'll see Mac Jones on the field. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think I think the Patriots, they wanted to try something with Cam Noon, and I, I'm sure they had the obvious thought that, yeah, we're going to have this idea, we'll go with Cam, but we're going to be looking down the road. And I think Cam knew that obviously going in, and I mean, he came in, 
hungry like he's made mentioned on multiple of his social media accounts over the last two years it seems like every single day <laughs> but um, the dude's always working but yeah i think this is uh, this is a great fit make he fits in mcdaniel's scheme just like tom did it makes perfect sense to me um really that's where i think he would have went all along some people think he's not a first round talent i think that he definitely proved his worth with the playoff run and he got progressively better that made him definitely at least a first round consideration i think he was i think he probably would be a quarterback that we should consider in the first round um unlike unpopular opinion but um the cardinals end up going zaven uh collins at 16 almost said 616 um really they're adding another piece to the defense that they need to resolve to make a run um then the next pick oh boy the Raiders select Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Not a great selection. I don't like the value. But this seems like a typical Raiders pick. It seems like in this, this new regime, it seems we don't care about their value. If we want a player, we're going to go get them. And in this case, they're willing to reach, as they did last year, and now we've already seen they're willing to do this year. And Brandon, like not even to cut you off, I think you're completely right. Because for some reason, John Gruden, I don't know if he's like allergic or has a disease towards winning, but he just like he just doesn't <laughs> like it. You know, he doesn't like the sound of that or the smell of it. So he just is trying to do anything to destroy. I feel like the organization, and it's been this has been like this for the past few years, which is mind-boggling. If you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan, I just had to say that. Yeah, I want to personally recognize my condolences to my Raiders fan buddy, Mr. Brendan Kearney, who had sent me it was i was texting him last night and he sent me the he sent me three words after the raiders pick no that's gross or something something along that line or that's yuck he was not pleased with that pick just based on it's not that he's a bad player alex other one's a great player first round value i don't see it he's more of a second third round guy that you can really bank on getting next round or making even if you're that worried you can trade up in the second round to go get them because there's still plenty of tackles on the board still that i was just talking about i mean we got guys like brendunes we got guys like um we got guys like jalen mayfield that are all still ahead we're still ahead of them on the big board so i i just don't see it there but um that one was a little bit of a reach that was probably overall the most quoted reach of this first round draft uh, but it's just the Raiders it's what the Raiders do baby um, yeah, Dolphins pick. take um, Jalen Phillips from Miami fits the edge need if he's, as long as he stays healthy yes, sir. perfect fit I think it's a great pick uh, Washington gets Jamin Davis um, one of the more notable players in this draft flying up the boards he's an absolute freak uh, I think he just makes Washington's defense that much more lethal on the front seven. Just going to keep them at elite. Um, the Giants, I think, was the, one of the most interesting picks. And um, I, I know I personally have a little bit of hatred towards this pick. And it's not towards oh, Kadarius okay. Tony at all. It's not a Kadarius Tony. I really love Kadarius Tony. I was really a high on him. And I think I mentioned a lot last show that... I love Kadarius Tony. I believed he was going to be a first-round pick. Anybody that told me he's going to fall into the second, I said, heck no. And I really believe he's one of the best receivers in this draft. I hate the fact that the Giants take take him, and now they have Kenny Galladay. They have they had Golden Tate from us last time. It just seems like Dave Gettleman is just trying to find ways to trigger me year after year with this Giants organization and the receiver department. And I'm getting ticked off, and it's making me upset. Because Kadarius Tony does not deserve to go to the Giants, man. No, I got it, Brandon. You're Come completely on, right. Because it's Come just on. like, you guys are getting all these guys around 
Danny Dimes, who shouldn't even have that nickname anymore because I don't believe in Daniel Jones ever since he was running and tripped on his own yeah. feet. And it's so not, it's not Danny Dimes either. But, like, I mean, no, he's I still know, but, average quarterback, but I mean, yeah. they just don't they don't know how to make. How, they've had so much talent in the receiver room. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Now they have Kenny Galladay. Yeah. They've and Odell. They had Odell. And they really didn't maximize full potential. I mean, Odell was probably the best out of the three, but I mean, Sterling Shepard and those guys, they had they had a great receiving group, but they've just yeah. never won enough games. I just think it's also the QB position. I think the Giants, I know Daniel Jones is still young, but I think they should have looked into a quarterback just because you have the the weapons. You just need somebody to throw it to. You can't like put like Rex Grossman back there or, someone, or like Brian Hoyer. You just need, I think... He should have went to a different team because I agree with you. I think he has a lot of talent. He was one of the best wideouts in this entire draft. But, um, yeah, they don't really maximize the full potential in New York. So at least he's in the Big Apple, but that's just about it. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. I would have personally loved to see him with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. That would have been my absolute slam dunk pick for him. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I'm just going to have to move on because I'm a big boy and I'm not going to dread over this. <laughs> I'm so, a big boy. Yes. Um, I, I mean, that's still a good pick, though. Kadarius Tony's going to be a fantastic player. Just yeah. just my personal saltiness towards the Giants. I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, the Colts take Quiddy Pay 21 or Michigan Man Joe. Hey you think, is this a steal for the Colts? I think it's a solid pickup. I mean, they needed – their defense was like – their offense was there to, be, to make them a very solid team. Their defense was very solid. Like, they were – they were. They could have been a Super Bowl contending team. Like they could have made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little bit of things that they need to fix. Their defense was what three or number two or something. Like they were like the well, best. You think the Colts could have made the Super Bowl? I think they could have if they played it right. I just don't know if it was. They had the assets and they had the they had what they needed. It's just I don't know. I could, I could see where I think that they they have the chemistry and they have the right fits. To get there, I think they just needed a little bit more yeah. offensive weapons to yeah. really take over that's in the late game. Yeah, that's games. what I was just about to say. I was like, if I was is one of the best in the yeah. NFL, if I was their GM right now, I was I was gonna say like I would have picked up something to help out on the offensive sure. side rather. Yeah, because that's like the one thing. Because like, uh, what was it? What's his name? Uh, Michael uh, Pittman. Pittman. Yeah, yeah, you love Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman. Yeah. Uh, he was like one of their leading receivers, mm-hmm. and like he's a rookie. So like, I would rather them see. I would rather see them pick up like a wide receiver or like someone else, or like a running back. Like, I like Najee Harris or something that could like a running back who can catch or something like that. So that way they can kind of build on what they have because their defense doesn't need a whole lot. It's still a good pickup because Quiddy Pay is a very solid player, but nonetheless, like I would have rather seen them pick up somebody that can. That can make a more of immediate impact because I don't think their defense is gonna one needs that much, and two I don't think Quiddy Pay can like really like shatter like the expectations like the what shatter the expectations of what they're like already have. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think Quiddy Pay well, is a is a great like he has all the raw talent in the world. I mean, we saw it firsthand yeah. as Michigan fans. He's an absolute dog. Um, the situation that I think that the Michigan scheme fit with Don Brown was really kind of more of him being Marva, more not as much of a elite pass rusher because he was more of a run stopper and coverage kind of a guy that we yeah. used him for. He really wasn't the uh, it's third down, put your hand in the dirt, get past the tackle, and get to the quarterback kind of a guy. We really never utilized 
utilized him in that. So that's where the there's huge potential because he's still learning. He's got raw talent. He's there's a reason why he was still taken in the first round. He yeah, has that sure. potential. So it's a great pick um, for I think for them as far as a fit is concerned. But I totally understand because I think that the other route they could have went is receiver, and you would have obviously helped out Carson Wentz. Mm. He is. I agree with both your points, but one thing I do disagree. I think he's a good fit for the team, but I think they still have a long way to go as far as like potential like Super Bowl, Joe. And the reason why I say that is yeah. because you still got the Bills, Ravens, um, and the Chiefs, the three main teams in the AFC. Then you still got the teams like on the, like the tier two of the Browns, the Texans. We got to see if Deshaun Watson is going to be back. That situation, and the Steelers are still a formidable team. So, the Colts, I do like the weapons that they have because they did give um, the Bills a pretty competitive game last season in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I, we got to see now with Carson Wentz because that was Philip Rivers leading the team. I think Philip Rivers is a little bit better than Wentz, but I do think uh, Quiddy Pay is definitely going to help. And obviously, he's a Michigan guy, so what's not to like? So. Yeah. We definitely got to see for the season to come, but they should definitely be back in the playoff mix for sure. Hey, hey, yeah. go blue! Yeah, they'll definitely they'll definitely be a playoff contending team. It's just they could they could definitely be more of a scary like opponent and more of a scary contender if they got like a wide receiver yeah. or something. There's still oh, receivers around sure. too, Joe. Yeah, sure. I mean there is, but I'm just saying like you could have gotten like. I mean, I guess... What? I feel what you're saying. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. You know, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? Got, they could have got Bateman. They yeah. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Stuff, Joe. Okay. <laughs> talk your talk, your talk. No, yeah, we, you know no we, I mean. we totally get what you're point, we are going on. I, I agree with you. Um, Titans take the boomer bust pick um, of Caleb Farley, who has potential to be a high pick in this class due to health concern. His back surgery falls into 22. Um, Titans, I think that's a good pick. Um, really boomer bust that fits their need at corner. Um, Vikings get Christian Derisaw. Really a great pick as far as the value is concerned because there was... Rumors he would be going at 14, where the Vikings were originally picked. They go down to 23, get draft capital, and still get the guy that they like. So I think yeah. this is a great pick. I know Pete Prisco for CBS Sports loves this pick because he absolutely loves Derisaw, um, regardless of what people say about Slater and Sewell. Um, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne go 24-25. Steelers and Jaguars, where there was rumors we might not see a running back in the first round. We get two back-to-back. Which running back do you guys think is in a better situation? Najee Harris to the Steelers or Travis Etienne in Jacksonville? Joe, what do you think? Hmm. Which one's better? Which one's the better? Which one? What pick do you like better? I like the Travis Etienne one. Oh, I mean, really? I mean, he's with Trevor Lawrence. It's the re- you like okay. the you like the chemistry? Yeah. I mean, and then also him being like, a, he can catch balls, so it's like the chemistry, then you have Urban Meyer being there. You have a, an amazing coach, like being able to kind of work with a a generational duo, really between the two of them. I think it's just going to be a solid solid situation for both of them. And expect, and Travis Etienne is no slouch when it comes to really have like if you need like if you need a first down or if it's third and long and you need a couple year and you, like you need a big run to put you in a situation to get you first down he can do that and i think he's already nfl ready and pair that with trevor lawrence and then pair that with urban meyer and then also like what they're probably going to do in the future like in this future rounds of the draft i think it's a really solid situation for them and i think they've really played their cards right because i didn't think that um etn was going to draw up that far and i think one was probably just opportunity draft or opportunity pick too, but I think it's just a really solid situation for him. Okay, Travis. Well, Joe, outside of Travis Etienne having a terrific first name, I gotta go with Najee Harris. I, I, the reason why is <laughs> I just love the 
the whole season this past season he was really good he finished top five in heisman voting i think he was really slept on because he obviously played with mac jones waddle and um Devontae smith so yeah. i think Najee harris flows under the radar a little bit but i think you're going to see him splitting some uh obviously some reps with james Conner, but he can really help the sealers you know, I feel like he can be that missing, especially since McBen's coming back. They still have enough to make a push in the AFC. I think Najee Harris is going to be that guy because he's a, he's that guy who can get you that first down, third and one, you know, fourth and one, those type of downs. And he can also just be the guy throughout the game. I think consistently he can get you 20 carries and get 100-plus yards. I really have that much faith in Najee Harris. I love what I see from him in Alabama, especially in the SEC-type defenses. So I got to uh, go with Najee Harris. But Travis Etienne is no slouch, and he has a great first name, yeah. of course. They have, they both like have really unique qualities that better the situation of the team. I think, and like, like you said, Najee Harris, I think is gonna be a definitely a missing piece, like fit the missing piece for the Steelers, and it's gonna add to their offense already because they have, uh, yeah, Big Ben's coming back. Have a solid. They have Juju Smith Schuster who played really well last year. What Chase? What was it? What's his name? Oh, oh the Canadian the guy. Chase. Are you talking about the wide receiver? Claypool. Chase, uh, Claypool. Claypool. Yeah, That's Claypool, who it is. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. I, was yeah, gonna, yeah. I forgot who I was. I was going to say, uh, I was going to say the line. I can't even Chase think Young. of anybody. Yeah, Chase, Chase Young. Young. I thought first you were going to say Chase think, Young. I was like, wait a minute. I know. What? That's what I'm saying. I can't <laughs> think of anybody. There. Chase Young like traded said, the Steelers. Though, breaking news. What? They have a lot of. Steelers have a solid situation. Najee Harris betters it. Jacksonville has a solid situation right now. Travis Etienne betters it. So I think both of them really solid. I just like the situation in Jacksonville a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, okay. I I will go with um Travis. I think that Harris is a little bit better of a fit for the Steelers and I love I like I I really love the idea of ETN going to be with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I absolutely love that idea. Absolutely fantastic. The only problem I have with it is you just got an absolute steel stud of James Robinson and now you're kind of passing him up for Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. What they're going to that situation seems a little misty. I don't know yeah. exactly what they're going to do in that department if they're looking to trade him or they're going to use him in a dual back cuz they also brought back Carlos Hyde who's going to probably be their red zone punch guy. But I think Harris the ability to do it all, the toughness, the grit, um not as necessarily as high as Derrick Henry, but he Najee Harris can catch balls probably as good uh, as I don't, I want to say as Etn, but to a certain degree that makes him to that same level of Travis Etn, where Harris is a little bit better of a runner, but he's still not a bad pass catcher. I obviously agree that Travis Etn is much better in the pass catching department, but not, I'm not saying Najee Harris is not a pass catcher. He can catch passes. He has a better ability to catch passes than Derrick Henry did coming into the league at Alabama, and he's not really a primary pass catching guy in Tennessee. So I think the the fit. For Pittsburgh is, I think, I really love the pick. I know you could have went tackle here, and you're going to have to address that, I know. But I think that the upside is there because it really they really have that need just draping on them as far as that and tackle. So really, it was kind of pick your poison. So I think if you really wanted Harris, you're going to have to take him in this round, and then you're going to have to wait for a tackle later. But both are going to be great backs in great situations. Um, 26, the Browns get Greg Newsom to fill the cornerback room. I think that's a... a, a I think that's a, a good player. I think you're going to have to um, 
compete with um, the Ravens and um, the Browns, or not the Browns, um, excuse me, um, the, the, the Ravens and the Bengals. Wow, that took a while to spit out <laughs> with as far as their pass catchers, so they, they ended up countering that with their corner. Uh, Ravens get Rashad Bateman, get Lamar some help at receiver. Um, the Saints take Peyton Turner, very a little surprising pick, um, edge out of Houston. Um, and then the interesting pick, the Packers. With all the chaos going around, in case you missed it, Aaron Rodgers saying that he wants out of Lambeau. He wants out of Green Bay. He wants to get out of Wisconsin. He doesn't want to be with his team anymore. And he's possibly threatening to not play this year. Um, their G- oh, oh, go ahead, Brent. Okay. Um, the, their GM also that I was going to add, um, whatever whatever his name is, Guta, Guta Gunser, whatever, however you pronounce his name, what, I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it, but whatever. That guy had said, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. So now you're basically to the point where, okay, are you going to finally take a receiver that he's threatening and you make sure that he's happy? No, nah, we're going to take a corner instead, and they take Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Not a bad pick. It's actually a really good pick. I like Eric Stokes. He's speedy. He's very, very intelligent. Um, but I think just the the aura around what's going on, this really could be the storyline of A-Rod leaving the Packers. Crazy. What are your guys' thoughts? I think, yeah, I think especially, like you said, you definitely got to keep him happy because, like, reigning MVP – Amazing quarterback has given you so much. Like you, I mean, back to when like he was first drafted, like dropped down, grabbed him, and he's just been successful all of his career. Like there hasn't really been a season where like we thought like oh Aaron Rodgers is kind of like okay like this is like the fall of Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be as good or like he's going to drop a little bit. He's going to kind of uh, go into like kind of like that t- that second tier quarterback kind of position now. But he's always been solid, and to have it now where he's unhappy, he's been unhappy for probably a while because this has definitely been brewing, not just this season. Like, it's definitely have, like, this is, like, the tipping point, really. Everything's been building up, and this is, like, the climax of where he's he's giving them an ultimatum. He's like, I want out. You're not giving me what I need. You're not giving the team what they need to succeed, and I just don't want to be a part of this organization if that's going to be the case. And... To have it be now where you take a corner instead of a wide receiver or to have someone where he can have a little bit more, like, success. Because, I mean, last year we said they need to draft a wide receiver. And then they didn't. And then they still had success. I don't know if that's, like, their thought process going into this season where they were like, oh, yeah, same as last season. Get him somebody who is just a little bit better. Who can who is more of a weapon? Who can kind of be a who can really take over when need be? And now for them to just take the corner, it's a it's a need or it's it can it can fill a need, but the most like prevalent and the most and the one that you need to do right now is to make Aaron Rodgers happy, and to and not I, do that, then I don't know what's gonna happen. You both are right. This is the Packers have literally the or, Tiger organization have been they've been literally that person at the party or function that you're at and they're flirting with other people while they're married to aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and finally and finally they ask for someone else's so aaron Rodgers has no other choice but to file divorce papers so i can't blame them because the whole time they're lying to you they keep saying they're going to buy you nice things do this and that for you which is supposed to be a wide receiver but they get a quarterback so they're cheating so i just think all the flirting 
and all the numbers that they've been doing, to use that analogy, the Packers, you know, they're finally getting what they deserve because I can't even be mad at Aaron Rodgers. This man had 48 touchdown passes to five interceptions. It was an MVP this past season and almost took you to another Super Bowl. All he needs is a few more pieces to help with Devontae Adams and obviously Lazard and Aaron Jones. That's all he's asking for. You get Jordan Love, and now, well, Eric Stokes is not bad because that's going to make the defense better. But I think you got to start giving him what he asks for because Aaron Rodgers really only has about three to four more years. So, like, he's trying to maximize that as, as much as he can. I just think the Packers have cheated, and Aaron Rodgers is finally fed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I will say two points from two different perspectives. I'll channel my inner Lions fan really quick. Yeah, get out of here. Woo, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. Or the, the real football – perspective of why have the Green Bay Packers just seem like I I know they've had so many other needs in the past but it just seems like they've never really helped out the guys so I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for wanting out I mean yes I understand players shouldn't have full power in the organization like your quarterback shouldn't be your GM I understand that but I mean Aaron Rodgers has done so much to work with what he's had like if you just said, it's just one little favor, basically. Hey, would you help me and take a receiver in the first two rounds? No, we don't We don't need one. We're going to go in a different direction. Well, why would you want to play for somebody that really doesn't respect your, your opinion and what you've done and all the success that you've brought to Green Bay? I just can't believe, like, the, the, the management just seems really stuck up, and I feel bad for Packers fans. And this is crazy because I'm a Lions fan, and I'm absolutely cheering the fact Aaron Rodgers is going to get out of this division possibly. Which would be Thank awesome. God. <laughs> and we can actually, other teams have a chance to win. But mostly the Lions. Yeah. Not the Vikings or Bears. We hope they stink. But it's still crazy to me that they, they, they've been this stuck up for so long. Really, they've been asking for it. They're going to fight them all they want. But this is Aaron Rodgers, baby. He's not going to give no crap about nobody. He does what he wants to do. He's an MVP. He can find his spot anywhere. If you're not going to trade him and he's going to sit out, I really do believe he will sit out because Aaron Rodgers does what he wants. If he wants to host Jeopardy, doggone it, he's going to go host Jeopardy. Yeah, and that's that, what he wants to do. So, if, hey, maybe he retires and becomes next Alex Trebek because he said he really would love doing that full time. But yeah, I just yeah. think this is absolutely crazy. Man. Bring back the cardigan from his uh, – from his wins that he had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring back the card again. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. Oh, my goodness. But rounding out the first round, uh, Bills take Gregory Rousseau to fill their spot at edge. Ravens take high-talented prospect Jason Owe to put at defensive end. And then Joe Tryon at um, Dry, Joe Tryon from Washington at linebacker for the Buccaneers to fill their depth at linebacker in the case of possibly losing Levante David or Devin White next year. So yeah, looking yeah, at scares me. <laughs> Yeah, I know Travis wants you want you want Tom Brady's successor draft the number thirty two right and missed out on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Um, but looking at some of the boards, um, still a lot of great players still available. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss at receiver spot. We mentioned Tevin Jenkins at tackle. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, the hybrid backer, is still on the board, as well as Trayvon Morig, safety from T- um, TCU. And Christian Barmore, who was a great stud defensive tackle at Alabama, still on the board. Do you guys see any of these guys being taken immediately to the top of round two? Possibly, I mean, I if if there's a need to be here, let filled. me re- here, let me rephrase the question. Out of these ones, who should Detroit think about picking? Travis, I think we you go, go first, Travis. Right. 
Like, I think we got to go a wide receiver route, um, definitely. I think since now, especially getting the linemen in the first round, we obviously want to go on the way of um, trying to have Jared Goff leave. And now it's just about giving him some weapons. And honestly, I wouldn't even mind a, another running back either. So I think definitely another offensive running piece. Back? I, I wouldn't mind one, but I think the primary need to answer your question is a wide receiver. Okay. I was all right. Yeah, I, I, I bet, I'd probably say the same thing. Okay. Um, I don't like the idea of an early running back, but I mean we've done it so much. You know, it might be possible. <laughs> um, I don't. I wouldn't honestly like having Owusu-Kor Mo on the board is intriguing because I mean we could fit him at that linebacker spot and then really kind of change him into a hybrid because I mean really. I mean, our our safety our safety crew is it's good, but it's not like it's not like we we really have to worry about. I mean, Tracy Walker and Will Harris are obviously great players, but I mean, having him play in that hybrid and take some of their snaps doesn't seem too bad to me. I know like the fit there is a little different. We're gonna have to change our scheme, but if that's something that they're wanting to do, that's definitely a possibility. And I think that's really what it comes down to with him is just his hybridness, his play, his scheme fit. Um, some teams just don't want to really take on that challenge. I mean, the Giants tried it um, with our Michigan man, Jabril Peppers. It's kind of worked out, but he primarily played corner. Um, so there's other routes you can go. Um, I think that's really the only reason he's fallen. It's because some teams aren't willing to take a first-round pick on a player that's going to change their scheme. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you I, if they take Elijah Moore, the Lions do, I would not be upset at all. He's a great talent out of Ole Miss. He'll make our pass-catching department better. And I think he's, he's a great prospect. But it'll be definitely interesting to see. I think there's definitely more depth for the Lions as far as what they're going to be looking at as far as the next couple of rounds. I think that there's definitely some possibilities of receivers in the third and fourth rounds too. Um, hey, maybe Nico Collins. We could take Nico Collins from Michigan in the later rounds or even Amari uh, Rogers later. And I've heard some interesting things about um, a guy from North Texas. Um, what is his name? Jalen Darden. Yeah, I've heard he's pretty good. I've seen him on a couple mock drafts with the Lions. Um, he's a stud, elusive receiver that we might target later in rounds. Um, I know, um, I think Josh Palmer is down there from Tennessee as well. There's a lot of great talent that's still on the board at receiver too. So I think if we don't get one here, don't panic. I think there is a 0% chance we go through this draft without taking a receiver because we need one because we just lost two. If my math serves me correctly, at least 50% is satisfactory. Well, kind of. C's get degrees True. in college. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you know what I'm trying to get at. We're going to get one of them. It's a matter of time. So if there's a player that falls like these, some of these players at the top of round one, if Moore gets picked up early and we don't want to go down and reach for a guy like maybe Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, that we might go in a different direction, maybe take a linebacker or maybe take another corner if Asante Samuel's still there. Um, junior, I should say. But... I think this is going to be exciting. I think this this Lions team is shaping up pretty well. And I think as much as people you might disagree about the Suell pick, the rebuild I think has started off in a, at least a positive direction. Yeah, for and sure. I'm, I'm really hoping I'm wrong. I hope he can be a terrific player and we can uh, get back on the winning side of things. For sure. For sure. For sure. But anyway, sure. thank you guys for tuning in. Travis, we appreciate you having um, having you on. Excuse me. We really appreciate your insight. As I knew I was super excited to, to see what your thoughts were, that we didn't take Justin Fields, and obviously you guys got the opinion there. But don't forget to check out Mike's and Takes on Spotify and Apple, and check out their old episodes. They're pretty good. You can even hear me and Joe on there sometimes. Yeah, a so, had That's a couple true. collab episodes. But speaking of which, look out this summer. 
The shot callers may or may not be making a return this summer. We're going to get the gang back. We might be getting the gang back together for live shows. We will certainly let you know about those. To stay in the know, follow us on social media. Where at, Joe? The MVSP, Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and don't forget to follow us on whatever Spotify, Apple, or other podcast platform you are on. Until next time. Take care, everybody.